Jeez, Bishop, what's your problem? asked David Cavanaugh as he reached over to place his hand around the wrist of his old Boston College law school buddy. Tony Bishop had been dinging his fine crystal wine glass with a sterling silver butter knife on and off for the past three minutes, and it was starting to wear. Tony smiled, that million-dollar smile that wowed clients and women alike. They say you can tell the quality of the crystal by the note it produces when struck with silver, said Tony, leaning into his friend. The clearer the pitch, the finer the crystal. And this interests you because, smiled David in return, unable to help himself. You know I appreciate the finer things in life, D.C., like quality crystal, expensive wine, he took a sip of the 1987 French Chardonnay, and he scanned the room at the scores of beautiful women now moving around the Taj Boston's impressively decorated grand ballroom before pointing toward David's wife, fellow criminal defense attorney Sarah Davis, as she approached them from the middle of the room. That one's taken, Bishop, laughed David at his high-powered commercial lawyer friend as Sarah retook her seat next to David. What's taken, smiled Sarah, her mocha skin glowing. Not what, who, said David as he took her hand and squeezed it. Now I feel like a seat at Fenway, she smiled. Not just any seat, Sarah, a box seat for sure, said Tony, downing his wine and scanning the room once again. Despite the black tie brouhaha, David had to admit he was enjoying himself. He had never been one for donning a penguin suit and mixing it with the more ambitious elements of Boston's high-powered legal fraternity, but it was rare that he and Sarah got to have a night out like this, given their daughter, Lauren, was only eighteen months old. More to the point, this dinner was for a good cause, a fundraiser for the city's highly respected Massachusetts General Hospital. And, considering David's sister, Lisa, was a nurse in Mass Gen's busy ER unit, and David had been a grateful recipient of the cash-strapped institution's hospitality more than once, he and his co-workers at the small but respected firm of Wright and Associates had been one of the first to buy a thousand-dollar table. "'How much do you think they're making tonight?' asked Tony, his fascination with the dollar unfailing. "'Not enough,' responded Arthur Wright." David and Sarah's boss, mentor and friend, who had approached them from behind before collapsing into the seat next to Bishop. "'Oh, stop complaining, Arthur,' said Nora Kelly, their sharp-witted sixty-something office assistant who took the next seat along. "'Anyone would think you spent the better part of last year recovering from a double-knee replacement,' which Arthur had. "'My goodness, it was just a dance, and we raised an extra two hundred dollars by simply taking the floor.' She tucked a wisp of auburn gray hair behind her ear. How does that work? asked Tony. I believe one of the corporate hotshots in attendance told the director of the hospital that his firm would contribute a further hundred dollars for every man and woman brave enough to hit the dance floor, she explained. This piqued Tony's interest. Let me guess, he said. It was Daniel Hunt. Who's Daniel Hunt? asked yet another voice from behind. A dark-haired man wearing an ill-fitting tux and a look of pure discomfort on his Italian-American face. "'Hey, Joe,' said David, as his good friend and Boston PD Homicide Unit Chief, Deputy Superintendent Joe Mannix, took one more of the vacant seats at their perfectly dressed circular table. "'We were about to send out a search party. You went to the bar over a half hour ago. You're lucky I didn't keep walking through those fancy double-glass doors.' Joe gestured toward the back of the room. 
Besides, he continued, turning his attention back to Tony, I wasn't talking to you, Cavanaugh. I was talking to Bishop. He was about to tell me about Mr. Dime-a-Dance, whose name is... Daniel Hunt, repeated Tony, as in the director of Hunt and Associates. David knew exactly who Tony was referring to. Daniel Hunt was fast becoming a big name in Boston's legal and financial fraternity. David had never met the man, but he had heard the story about his taking over an established investment banking firm named Capital Consolidated that went under after the GFC. Hunt revamped the business and named it after himself, rebuilding it into one of the most successful and upmarket firms in the city. He had also heard the gossip that Hunt was rich, Ivy League-educated, cool, controlled, aloof, but still incredibly socially savvy.